Well, I would say in the end that this is set. Yeah, we've got one little piece of wall. Yes. Oh, yeah. two pieces of wall, maybe. Yes. And then this is a. You guys. Mm -hmm. This is real. Real, real, not so real. I think it's it's the biggest model production that uh, we ever did at ILM, and maybe ever on any film. Really? Yeah, it's huge. So you use the models what to base the the computer generated imagery on, or that? No, no, we, we built a lot of models that we shot directly in our what you see in the movie. You know, all of Theed City is miniatures. Uh, Pod Race Stadium, that's all miniatures. The hangar. Uh, the extensions inside the Nemoidian ship, the hallways and the, oh, the yeah. bridge. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's miniatures all over the place now. Wow. I know this is going to work. I know it's going to work because it's impossible. You know, we're pushing the envelope in a few places, but the biggest issue is volume. Yeah. It was just the amount yeah. of stuff. Yes. And, of course, that's the part that creates the, the world. Real. This is going to be tricky. Welcome to episode number 169 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And Gabe. And it's still Phantom Menace year. Phantom Menace year is back. It's been so long. We missed you, Phantom Menace year. Phantom Menace year. Phantom Menace year. It does seem like it's been a long time. Well, the, the last Phantom Menace year was when we talked to Sansweet. Can you believe that? I was a whole different person back then, before Rise of Skywalker, before we knew Palpatine was back. <laughs> when are we going to get a title? We've grown so much since then. So many changes. <laughs> Got a big, long, gray beard. Yeah, well, and, and I've had two snowstorms since then. <laughs> that's, that's why it feels so long. One of which we watched live from Wintrust Arena, which was very exciting. Yeah, and I thought this is the end of this nonsense. <laughs> but I, I think it was just uh, HBO did that for Game of Thrones. I think <laughs> true promotional weather. Have a bootleg uh, Night King wandering through, like 
The rented costume. Yeah, it's a guy painted blue with a Burger King crown <laughs> on a Segway riding through town. Watch out. He's going to get you. It, it's it's Phantom Menace year for us, and it's it's awesome because especially like there in Chicago and beyond, like the Phantom Menace love is spreading around. Like everybody's feeling the Phantom Menace love nowadays, which is incredible and crazy and awesome. Yeah, everyone's got Phantom Menace fever. We have Phantom Menace fever. We always have Phantom Menace fever, but now it's like doubled up because yeah it's the 20th anniversary so everybody else has got the fever if you ever wanted a time to just talk incessantly about phantom menace at least this year it doesn't seem as weird as all the other years when we just want to talk incessantly about phantom menace (laughs) maybe this is like the first year ever since the movies come out where phantom menace is finally cool because i feel like it was cool before it came out and then as soon as that movie dropped it was not cool We've we've reached it's the coolest it may ever be this year, so we're gonna enjoy every minute of it. I, I don't know. I'm looking forward also to uh, 2022 and the uh, Attack of the Clones Renaissance. So it's so much to look forward to. Well, one aspect of Phantom Menace that was talked about surprisingly quite a bit in Chicago. It was talked about at the, the, the Doug Chang panel. It, it was talked about at the, the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary, and it was probably talked about at the Lauren Peterson ILM Model Shop panel, which unfortunately we weren't able to attend and for some reason is not online yet. But it's the model work and miniatures of the Phantom Menace and kind of drawing attention to that incredible work that went on in that movie with all the miniatures and model work. At the 20th anniversary Phantom Menace panel, I think, was it Doug Chang or was it John Knoll? Maybe it was John Knoll, was saying that Phantom Menace contained more model work than all of the original three movies combined and more than any other movie before that ever. Yeah, John Knoll said that. I'd heard that and read that in other places, and it was nice to hear John Knoll basically confirm it on stage that, yeah, it had more models than... The original trilogy combined, and I think more than any other movie ILM, I think, has ever worked on. Even after Phantom Menace is when more things kind of became CG um, as, as far as sets and other things. But even then, there were a lot of models in the other two movies. But I always like the idea that if people are like, oh, Star Wars needs to be shot on film and it needs to be about real sets and practical effects and miniatures, they're talking about Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ultimate shot on film miniatures Star Wars movie. It's the it's the OG OT. I totally get people being mixed up on thinking, oh, it's all it's all digital, man. It's all from a computer. Because when the movie came out, so much was made of the groundbreaking effects that were in that movie, of all the stuff that the Phantom Menace pioneered, the things that had never been done before, the motion capture the big battle simulation of huge crowds, which, you know, look at Avengers Endgame now or any episode of Game of Thrones or anything. Like, all that stuff kind of got its start with Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. Well, part of it, too, is even though they were using 
old school miniatures and model work, the fact that they were able to composite it digitally is where it, the kind of the telltale signs of model work from before where you didn't see matte lines or the exposure didn't match between the effect shots and the plates because they were kind of slightly uh, off kilter with each other. So potentially it's just the compositing is so good that your brain just assumes it's not real because you know it's a fantasy thing. Well, I know that spaceship isn't a real thing because it's a Star Wars, but it doesn't look like that it was composited in. So it must be those newfangled computer graphics when really it's the same stuff you would have saw in Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. It's just done at such a higher quality level that, yeah, you don't realize that it's it's just a model that they filmed in front of a blue screen. And it, it's weird, too, that still 20 years later, there's not a whole lot of information out there about the, the insane model work and miniatures that were done for the Phantom Menace. There's just, there's, you find the random article every once in a while online, like, you wouldn't, you'll be surprised at how many practical effects were actually in the prequels. And, the, you know, there's not a lot of people talking about, like, that there was as much new in the Phantom Menace was there the old ways of doing things, but the old ways of doing things, like you were saying, just on a done on a higher quality level that had ever been done before. I wonder if some of it too is the the ships and things definitely end up in the archives, but some of those miniature sets, because a lot of the backgrounds that people are like, oh, those are just you know computer generated backgrounds, are actually miniature backgrounds that they're compositing the CG characters and the and the real human characters in they were so huge i wonder if some of those just got destroyed like how they destroy when they you know when they build a set they don't keep them because they're too big and they need the space and i wonder what the fate of some of those larger miniatures is and maybe we don't they don't show up in museums and we don't see new photos of them because they just shot them for the movie and and had to get rid of them because they were so huge wasn't that Celebration 3? They had a little bit of the Mustafar model there. Oh, man, I can't remember. And I know, like, when we went to a random movie special effects exhibit at the, the I think it was at the Science and Industry Museum in Chicago, and they had, like, our big thing with you and I going, is, man, there's a Sebulba head there. <laughs> That's, yeah, we're going to see Sebulba. <laughs> I feel like they had, like, some buildings from... Coruscant from Attack of the Clones there. I want to see. Yeah, I think you're right. And maybe did they have Dex's Diner? Because Dex's Diner was a was a miniature. I know I've seen f- photos of that, but maybe the real one was there. That's what's hard is in my mind, it's hard to keep track between when I've seen photographs and when I've seen things in person. Yeah, I think they, they had like that street, I remember. And it's like, I remember even that. I mean, that because that was like kind of right after like attack of the clones had come out i want to say it was like 2003 that that happened i remember being at that museum exhibit too and being like wow i thought that was all digital well and you have to be careful with terminologies it in a way it was digital because it was digital photography that was composited digitally and then printed back to film as opposed to being completely computer generated and that's I think the other thing that people get confused is they hear digital and they assume that it was created in, in a computer from scratch and that it wasn't actually 
a real thing that was photographed and then composited digitally. And I think some of that confusion may lead to people just assuming it was all made by the computer. Like like a Pixar movie or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's they use computers? Oh, they just made all this stuff. It's not real. Um, and that was one of the cool things seeing the behind the scenes with Mandalorian is Mandalorian, if anything, is more like Phantom Menace than necessarily the original trilogy because they're using the old school techniques, but they're using digital cameras and digital compositing to still have the quality level that you would get from something being completely CG, but you get the, the grittier realistic look of filming an actual model. So the best of both. And very much like when they, at the Mandalorian thing, when they showed the finished product of the thing, like John Knowles working on in his garage of the Mandalorian ship going by, is it a computer generated image? Is it a model? You know, what's the difference you can't tell at the end. It's, it just looks awesome. I don't know. Yeah, it just looks like Star Wars. We've probably talked about this before. That's one of the things I love about the look of Star Wars is you'll have a miniature, someone CG, a guy in a rubber suit, a real person in a costume, and a hologram, and they're all just hanging out together in one scene like it's nothing. And it's like that whole mishmash of every kind of technique you can imagine is kind of the look of Star Wars. And the sequel trilogy does the same thing. Senator Palpatine is talking to a hologram of a Greedo dude while Digital Yoda's sitting there and Kit Fisto's over there and there's Natalie Portman. That's, yeah, that's, that's Star Wars. There you go. Right in a nutshell. Right there. Yeah, that's like there's a, there's a Revenge of the Sith shot they always show that's like 100% Star Wars to me. And it's I think it's the hologram, Kiati Mundi talking to... CG Yoda and real Obi-Wan is sitting there in a chair and it's just like it's Star Wars right there. Can't bite. You got a you got a drunk gremlin trying to put a gold coin inside a ball droid. <laughs> that's Star Wars. Yeah. That's why I get up in the morning. For a chance to see that stuff. <laughs> so it keeps me going. The only reason I go to sleep at night is so I have the energy to open my eyes in the morning. So I can just see some more rubber puppets talking to holograms. Inside of a miniature set. So it's very hard to tell when you're watching The Phantom Menace what is, like they say, in the making of Force Awakens, real sets, practical effects. <laughs> a real desert. A real desert. Not, you know, not like that, that computer desert they came up with before. But what's real? What's a model? What's not? It's hard to tell. And the results are surprising. So what we're going to do here... As we're gonna we're gonna play America's favorite family fun show. What's the model? I think it's it's the biggest model production that, that we ever did in Iowa, I and mean, maybe ever on any film. You, you, you've seen it on you know TV before. It's classic game show what's what's the model and what we're going to do is we're going to go through some of the major scenes from episode one the phantom menace and try and figure out see if we know what's the model we don't even know nobody knows we're going to do our best to figure it out literally nobody knows lauren peterson doesn't know nobody knows nobody knows what the model is rick mccallum he certainly doesn't know George Lucas, he don't ask Lucas because he doesn't, just, just get it done. 
I don't care how you do it. John Noel probably knows, but he's not telling. He's he's keeping the secrets. He's he's got his apron on and he's in the garage doing God knows what, that guy. Yeah, he's building things out of steel. <laughs> I think John Noel is building things with his mind. He's staring at objects and they're floating. He has like the real force. He's in his garage eating fruit with his mind. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uncle George would be very grumpy if he saw me doing this. Our first scene, scene one. Oh, before we get started, too, we've got to give a shout out to a lot of the information we're getting from this is from an old thread on, if you can believe it, the force.net message boards, so that, that old hangout that we all used to go to. And this was started by someone named Shaner Jedi, who posted all this funny business, I think, back in 2011. So... Shout out to Shaner Jedi, wherever you are, over on the Force.net message boards over there. Doing the important work of compiling this information from all the behind-the-scenes photos and behind-the-scenes DVD stuff and figuring out as best as they could what is real and what is miniature. I used to hang out on that uh, Force.net message board thing Get a little rough. <laughs> so, okay. So, our first scene, the Jedi arrival at the blockade. Captain. Yes, sir. Tell them we wish to board at once. With all due respect, the ambassadors for the Supreme Chancellor wish to board immediately. Yes, of course. As you know, our blockade is perfectly legal. And we'd be happy to receive the ambassadors. So Gabe, I ask you, what's the model? All right. Well, the Jedi cruiser is definitely a model. So I've seen pictures of that. And then the camera pans over to the blockade around Naboo. The Nimodian Trade Federation ship, that is definitely a model. The fact that there's a bunch of them is probably... The same model, and with digital trickery, they can just copy that footage and, and scale it and move it around. So that was a model. Did you did you work on the movie? <laughs> you're, na- you're nailing it. You know how that stuff works. <laughs> the tricky thing, I don't... I mean, the stars are probably a digital matte painting. The planet's probably a digital matte painting. But yeah, the ships are definitely models. And then they cut to the cockpit, right? And that is a set... I think that's a full-size set. That's my guess. You, well, you're absolutely right. Now, how about when the, when the ship docks in the hangar bay? What do you think about that? Well, it's, we already decided that that ship, both of those ships are models, and the Nimodian cruiser ship was a huge model. So those are probably models. The battle droids and the vulture droids are all probably CG because they're moving around. But the hangar is probably a model as well because i know i've seen pictures of the big hangar sets i mean i think that's one of those things you look at that shot and you see all the cg droids and you're like oh this is all cg but they're it's a big giant model first scene what's the model you nailed it 100 percent. i have i have seen this film once or twice <laughs> All right, so for scene two, it's the Federation ship interior and Jedi escape. We are greatly honored by your visit, Ambassador. 
messengers. Make yourselves comfortable. My master will be with you shortly. I have a bad feeling about this. I don't sense anything. It's not about the mission master. It's something elsewhere. Elusive. Don't center on your anxieties, Obi-Wan. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. What is the model? What is real? Okay, so I am saying that when the Nemodians are on the bridge of their ship, and the what? What did you say? That is a actually a model that the Nemodians are on combined with a small amount of real set that the people in the mass were standing on. Yes. Because, <laughs> yeah, for these scenes, they had the miniature version of the bridge and they had a little bit of set for the actors to stand on. But through the door is a miniature set. Most of what you're seeing in the background is actually the miniature, which makes kind of perfect sense when you think about it. It's like... If they're going to put animated characters in it, why not make a miniature, right? Because they're going to have to digitally composite something in after the fact. And the fastest way to make a set is to make a tiny version of it. So it's it's not even like they did it because it was the cool thing to do. It was the fastest and cheapest way to get this crazy sci-fi stuff on screen. Uh, so I'm going to guess that we've, with the next thing you said, the Jedi escape, um, probably definitely... When they come through the door and uh, Qui-Gon working his saber through the door and all that, that was probably like a full-size set. It had to have been. But when the master destroyers and they take off, it's a standoff, let's go. And they run down that hallway and the destroyer droids turn the corner and start shooting at them. That's all a miniature set, I'm going to guess. Yeah, I think you're right. All the way up to the, uh, they've gone down the ventilation shaft, right? That whole hangar and the, um, oh, what do they call those? The troop transport things and the tanks, like all that stuff is all miniature other than the battle droids that are moving around. Which is amazing because, like we said early on, that's the overall theme of this. And very much like the original trilogy, too, you don't, you're just paying attention to the story at that point. You don't know you don't care what's what. The only time people care what's what was when, you know, somebody's just like, oh, they made it different now. <laughs> but it's crazy. Yeah. Well, going back and just with this in your mind as you're watching the movie, you are literally like watching miniatures the movie because at this point we're, what, almost 10 minutes into the movie and almost everything you're seeing that isn't moving, that is background, is a, a miniature. And I don't think you even register it as a miniature because it's just all blended together so well. You just think it's like what's weird in this weird space place. But I think, yeah, once you start thinking about, wait, that is that a miniature? It's I think it almost makes it even cooler because it's like you're watching. It's like you're watching your action figures act out the Phantom Menace in this tiny little playset. Okay, our next scene in the thrilling game of what's the model is the reveal of Naboo. Negotiations haven't started because the ambassadors aren't there. How could that be true? 
I have assurances from the Chancellor. His ambassadors did it right. Senator Palpatine, what's happening? So I ask you, what's the model? Well, when they're talking in the throne room, that is a real location. But then once we get to space, again, anytime we see the donut ship, that's that model. And the troop landing anchor dragonfly ships, those are a giant model. The planet's probably a matte painting. I think what gets crazy is when you see, like, the ships over the trees. think that's footage of real stuff, but maybe it's footage of a... <laughs> Of a model with trees? I don't know. That one, I don't know. So the the landing craft uh, descending into the forest, The land, all the Fed Trade Federation ships are all scale models. The forest below is a combination of plate photography of a forest and a miniature forest combined. Because I know when they land, and there's, I love that shot of just the ship landing and the stat droids fly by. Doors open up and all the stuff comes out. Like almost everything in that little sequence is a model except for the battle droids, which is crazy. So, yeah, what you're seeing is, yeah, there's a, a combination of photography, map paintings, models, and CG droids flying around on their little staps. Which that opening shot of Naboo was a 3D map painting, but the waterfall was achieved by just shooting salt against a black screen. So the waterfall is just salt falling down. Now, what gets really crazy, though, is one of our favorite shots in all Phantom Menace with uh, we searched the ship and all that. The close-up of the droid is CG. The tank the droid is on top of is a model. Now, the MTTs that are knocking trees down are all models and they're the trees they're knocking down are model trees, but some of the trees are photographs of trees that were behind Skywalker ranch. But that is, that's always kind of been, I think the magic of ILM versus some of the other visual effects studios is ILM has always been the best at their compositing and of the blending of all these different elements to where you can't really tell even if you can kind of tell maybe this isn't reality, everything meshes together so well that you don't know what is what you don't. And you can't tell that this thing is from a different place. It just, it looks like maybe it's this surreal fantasy land, but it all fits together so well that yeah, even what 20 years later, we're looking at this and it's like, this is an old movie. We should be able to tell what's what, and you can't, it's seamless, but, but you know, they did it all on computers, you know, it's all, it's all fake. <laughs> All right, now we are at uh, Otagunga. I am going to guess the when they with the cool music playing and they're swimming to Otagunga. I, I, I sense a trend going on here with this movie, and I'm going to say it is a combination of a large scale model and some CG flourishes on that large scale model. Yes, you are correct. 
So the actors were actually filmed in a water tank. And when they reveal Otagunga, it's a combination of miniatures and 3D matte elements. And when they do the close-ups of some of the bubbles, those are actually miniatures. So the bubble buildings up close were, are actually models that were filmed. And then the ones you know, deeper in the water in the background are CG elements. I'm going to guess that when they're talking to Boss Nass, since the only real people there were Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, and Ahmed Best, probably in his suit, that that was probably done... On a green screen, maybe Brian Blessed was there, and probably what they're standing in was probably a model. Yes, for both. So when they show up in the city and are walking around, everybody moving around is CG. The set is a miniature. And yeah, our two Jedi heroes are the only living, actual things, full-size things in the shot. And then, yeah, when they go to talk to Boss Nass, it's the same thing, that the set itself is a miniature. Um, and, of course, Boss Nass and his crew are computer-generated characters, but they're composited into miniature chairs and sets. It's crazy. Up next in the thrilling game, what's the model? The Planet Core. So when they're going in the planet core, I don't I have no clue what this could be. What's the model through the planet core? All right, so I'm I'm kind of cheating on this one cuz I just saw pictures of this. I saw, just saw pictures of this today and but what's funny is until I saw those pictures today because we were talking about doing this episode, it never even crossed my mind that the caves and the whole underwater thing were miniatures this was even me kind of like being aware of what's going on in this movie i felt like it never even crossed my mind that all the underwater set was a giant miniature that they filmed uh with what like fog and blue light or something and then they used the cg characters mixed in and the the bongo was maybe a model the inside of the bongo was a full-size set the outside of the bongo was CG. And then, yeah, all the caverns and caves and everything were all a giant miniature. That's crazy. And supposedly, so the planet core was a large-scale miniature shot in smoke to replicate the look of underwater depths. But, you know, like we say, it was all done on computers. If, if only they did it like the old movies. <laughs> Why don't they just build a big miniature instead of doing this computer garbage? All right. So what do we have next? All right. So next we have the invasion. We're in the same area as the beginning of the film, right? We're on the same ship as the, what, what did you say? So I'm going to guess it's more of the same where everything, the interior of that Trade Federation command ship is a big old model with some Nemodian people standing in it. And when they're talking to a hologram of Sidious, that's some computer trickery. That's, that's my guess. I believe you're correct. It's the big, the big hero model of the command ship. There's the, the miniature version of the bridge. 
where basically just that center platform that the new Gunray and Ruin are standing on is the only actual set. And I want to say from pictures, right, it goes down to where there's at least a chair for goggle goggle face lady to sit. And I think the doorway might actually be part of the set too. But I just got to mention, I always love that part when the little the little baby droids just walk by outside the door after Sidious's hologram turns off. There's not enough of those little baby droids. They're just hanging out in the hallways waiting to grow up. That was one, and I always think of that. Whenever I see the, those little baby droids, that was the very first time I ever saw the Phantom Menace, where I was just like, oh, 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 oh okay, so that that's how we're doing it, the Phantom Menace. You, got, you know, George Lucas is like, what did something in the back was just get busy with some little tiny baby droids? <laughs> Because Sidious was on there, you know, he, he loves the babies. He, he probably told them, you need more babies on this ship. And they're like, oh, well, we have our droids. Oh, good. I want to see those cute little baby droids. <laughs> so our next one in the exciting game of what's the model. It was the beginning of the, the Phantom Menace. I think the full trailer, the shot of Naboo. The invasion on Naboo. Viceroy, we have captured the queen. Ah, victory. So all that kind of stuff, I ask you, what's the model? (sighs) All right, so Padme's in a hallway. That's the real palace in Italy. She looks out the window. I guess other than that establishing shot at the beginning, right? This is, we're getting heavy into the giant... Nabu Theed set of miniatures. Like I'm pretty sure all those buildings are miniatures. Probably those trees are probably the same miniature trees they used for the forest. And I think the tricky thing is definitely all the battle droids are computer generated, but the tanks might actually be the miniatures because they did build a miniature for the tank. All of Theed is a miniature or as they called them a bigature because it was huge. There's behind-the-scenes photos of just how big this, quote, miniature was for Theed. There were digital matte paintings in the background. Some of the craft were CG. The droids were all CG. But the majority of all that stuff overlooking Theed is all miniature, 100%. Yeah, it was neat in the, the Doug Chang talk, just with him talking about working on the miniatures, how it did seem like at a certain point, like everybody was working on miniatures they didn't have time to work on concepts because they were like painting the miniatures they they were just so much of it and it's like we said it's it's so weird that more is not talked about like the amazing work that was done on this movie i'll say it again when you start really looking for this stuff every shot it's all miniatures (laughs) like every shot has a miniature in it if not the whole background so now we're about to Get the heck out of here. The uh, blockade escaped from Naboo. I'm ambassador to the Supreme Chancellor. I'm taking these people to Coruscant. Where are you taking them? To Coruscant. Coruscant. Uh, that doesn't compute. Uh, wait, uh, you're under arrest. I am going to guess that was a combination of real set, because you had people walking around it, Climbing into the full-size Naboo fighter ships with, I'm going to guess, digital map painting, maybe a miniature extending out 
like into the clouds to give it make it bigger. What about Seal Bibble? Is he real or a miniature? Seal Bibble is real, real, real. His beard might be a miniature combination digital matte painting or some cotton balls that they found at Skywalker Ranch. His beard is actually a bigature that they had to shrink down in the computer <laughs> to fit on screen. Yeah, I think you're correct. The hangar bay is a live action set, but the ship is actually a model that's composited in and the droids are CG. Um, and when they fly out of the hangar, that hangar is one of the big miniature models. And then this one, I think it still always kind of blows my mind that the Queen's ship, I think is a miniature, isn't it? Because that was like, I, I think it was because as a kid seeing Flight of the Navigator, and it had that like chrome, that bad chrome CG shit. Was that CG though? Maybe that was a model too. <laughs> I always thought it was CG because it was Chrome. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That leads us into our, our next scene. My question for you in the exciting game, what's the model? We, we arrive on Tatooine. So you got the queen ship coming down, landing in that big open part of desert on Tatooine. What's the model there? The ship landing. I believe the ship is a model. And... It's landing in a miniature mixed in with background plates of real stuff. You're so close. You're so close. So the queen ship is a model. It was 11 feet long landing on digital map painting combined with plate photography of Tunisia. Here's an extra credit question. What's the only part of the ship that was built full size that actors can move around on. Oh, the uh the landing platform. I mean the the where they walk in. Yeah, and so that was matched up to the giant 11 feet long queen ship, which man, why isn't that going out on tour? Just a whole exhibit all it is is the 11 feet long queen Amidala ship. That's it. Pay 20 bucks, see it. It's like <laughs> after Elvis died, like the the thing with Elvis's suit went on a tour. His jumpsuit. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah, I think I could I could do with just an hour long documentary just on all the the Queen Shuttle stuff. Just because it is that one kind of blows my mind more than anything. Cause anytime you see chrome stuff, you assume that it's CG because like that's what CG stuff looks like. It looks like chrome. But then I I try to wrap my head around how if they filmed it on blue screen, then the ship was just reflecting blue, and then did they take the blue screen out and put fake reflections in the real chrome or did they somehow actually film the chrome ship outside to get real sky reflections and then they just painted out the arm to hold it i don't know that still it's that's movie magic i don't know if i want to know how they do it at this point all right so now we have uh the heroes arrive to the streets of Mos Espa. There's definitely some photography that was done in Tunisia where they are walking, I'm going to say. And there were definitely some sets built because we saw like the sandstorm destroy some of them. But I'm going to say there's definitely some models in there somewhere, but I have been tricked and I don't know where they are. All right. So it sounds like 
there were physical sets built in a real desert. So there's plenty of behind the scenes footage of them sweating it out in the desert, looking for Liam's beard, but there was digital characters mixed in some digital ships flying around. Interesting thing, which there's photos of this is some of the buildings in the background were miniatures mixed in. Like there's a good picture of when I think they're talking to Anakin near the slave quarters, some of the slave quarters buildings in the backgrounds are actually miniatures that were composited in. Um, and a neat thing here, they're talking about how the exteriors were Tunisia and the in- interiors were in Levesden. And I think there's shots where you see the outside of one location, but you're looking into the inside of the other location <laughs> because they're going from an exterior shot film somewhere to an interior shot film somewhere else and making a seamless transition. Next up in the shockingly surprising game of what's the model uh, were at Mos Espa, the arena, the pod race arena, the main hangar. I think we're sensing a trend, but what's the model? Yeah, this one, this is one of my favorite ones when I, for the few behind the scenes pictures I've seen, I'm pretty sure this whole set is a miniature. And I want to say I read somewhere that there was a full size version of some of this set, but they liked the miniature better than the real set. So like the wide shot of the whole kind of garage area with all the pods lined up and everybody working on their stuff, that is all a miniature with CG characters and real characters composited in the corner over where Sabalba is getting his massage. That may be part of the real set that they had maybe built and then i'm sure there's like kind of like there was for the arena and attack the clones like the the sand they're walking on like there was a a blue screen room with some sand in it so at least the feet stuff is is real i mean there's there's you're you're absolutely right and there there are photos of lucas directing liam neeson on the set and they built they had the full-size pod racer engines but then they went and replaced those out with the the miniature or bigature set with the miniatures of the all the pod racers in there parked. So yeah, what we're seeing in there is Liam Neeson, real actor. You got digital characters and pit droids walking around and the Twi'leks massaging Sebulba and stuff. But everything else in there, at least as far as the set, is a miniature. I think the the big mystery is what is was the chance cube real or was the chance cube digital? Well, we saw them in Detroit. Oh, you're right. There were real chance cubes. You're right. I forgot. Palpatine's fingernails were real, right? Palpatine's fig- fingernails. It's going to come back in the Rise of Skywalker. Just get ready. It's all about the fingernails. It's like reading tea leaves. <laughs> what do we have next? So next, the star of the show. The Boonta Eve, we are at the pod race. That's absolutely right. And a big turnout here from all corners of the Outer Rim Territories. I see the contestants are making their way out onto the starting grid. We all know the stands and the arena was a gigantic miniature model bigature we all know the story that all the people sitting in the Padres arena 
were actually Q-tips, colored Q-tips that they would blow a fan on. I mean, everybody knows that, right? Like, they teach that stuff in grade school. I'm going to say that most of the pods were miniatures, a combination of miniatures and computer-generated effects. Uh, I know that the, the little viewing pod thing that they go up on, that's probably a miniature, them going up it, combined with a set that the real actors were, were standing on. But the arena is a great big giant miniature. This is where, yeah, things get really wild, trying to nail down what's what. Because some of the pod racers were CG, some of the pod race pilots were CG, some of the pod race pilots were puppets, some of the pod race shots right i think are the miniature versions of the pod race engines but then in some of the farther away shots they're the actual full-size ones because some of them they built full-size and then when they're in the background remember they had some that were the the old school big piece of wood where they just paint the silhouette of it on for when they're in distance yeah like isn't there a thing of like um sebulba He's Sebulba is computer generated, but his pod that he's sitting in, like the little cockpit, little driver part of his pod, is a completely real thing that no one is actually sitting in. I can confirm this one because uh, one of the other wargaming studios for a while had hired a guy who was an animator who had used to work at ILM, and unless he was lying to me, worked on the pod race when he was there. And the first thing I asked him when I met him was at the end of the pod race, when Sebulba's pod, after the engines blow up and it just kind of falls and he says poodoo or whatever, I always could never figure out if that was real or CG. And he said that that crash part, the cockpit and the ground was a, was a real thing. And they had a post with a blue tennis ball or something where Sebulba was and they put CG Sebulba in the real thing. So I'm pretty sure that you're right, that that's how Sebulba was in most of those things, that it was, it was a real thing with CG Sebulba sitting in. I'm going to say most of the track that they're going on it during the pod race, because it's going so fast and it's so blurred is probably a computer-generated effect, not a model. Except for, I think, the Beggar's Canyon Canyon part is a miniature, because there's pictures of that. So it's another one of those mind-blowing mixtures where you think it's CG until it's not. Because there was, I don't want to say in the... uh, Was it in the beginning or one of the -the behind-the-scenes things they show the digital map painters painting the big kind of crazy rocks in the distance that fly by? Again, nobody knows what we're looking at in this movie. Where's the 20th anniversary Blu-ray re-release special edition of Phantom Menace with a like pop-up video version where they in every shot they have little arrows pointing to what's a model, what's real, which would be perfect because that's the best part in the beginning when Lucas has his marker out. Like they need a mark a Lucas marker version where they just like color everything through the whole movie so you know what's real, what's CG, what's a set? This is real. That's so real. That's real. And they just have like Lucas, yeah, Lucas's voice over it. Let's jump forward all the way to the arrival on Coruscant. Coruscant. 
The entire planet is one big city. There's Chancellor Valorum's shuttle. And look over there. Senator Palpatine is waiting for us. In all of this, what is the model? All right. They're coming in from space. We've already established that the Queen's shuttle is a model. Want to say some of the closer buildings are probably models, and the ones in the distance may be matte, 3D matte paintings. Man, the landing platform is a tricky one because there's definitely some small portion of that that's set. But I want to say that most of this is CG and maybe just the Queen's ship and the ship that Chancellor Valorum comes in on our models. I swear you worked on this movie because you nailed it. Yes, they are both models. Valorum's ship is 100% a model. Yes. All right. <laughs> Okay, so next one, we go back to Naboo, and we're going into the the sacred place in the forest to meet back up with the Gungans. Like I said, I'm following a trend here. I am going to say that we are looking at a majority, a model, like the stone heads in the ground, combined with like plate photography, 3D map paintings, but I'm going to say majority what we're looking at there is a model. I think you're right. This was another one of those ones that, for whatever reason, for the longest time, it just never even crossed my mind that that was a miniature. But then when you see a like a behind-the-scenes photo and it kind of all clicks and it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Why wouldn't it be a miniature version of a little sacred jungle temple thing? This one we're getting really crazy in the super fun Game, what's the model? The invasion starts. We have the ground battle. We have the space battle. Real quick, from the top of your head, ground battle on the grass, on Naboo, space above Naboo. What are we seeing in here? What's models? What's miniatures? What's not? All right. Well, we'll start with the easy stuff. We've already gone down this road. If they're in Theed City in Naboo, that's going to be, most of that's going to be the the bigatures, the, the, all the buildings are miniatures that they kind of reconfigure. So that's miniatures. Security, the security speeder is a miniature. The tank's a miniature. It's all miniatures when they're in feed, except for the battle droids. When they're in space, the ships are miniatures because they're definitely miniatures when they're explosions. But I will say I think there's a miniature version and a full-size version of the Naboo security speeder. The tricky one is the Gungan battle. We know the Gungans aren't real. The distant stuff is background plates of real stuff, but where the ground under the where they're fighting up close, I don't know if that's computer generated or if that's a miniature or if that's like real outside grass. I think that's the mystery for me. But I do remember seeing when they blow up the shield generator on the big what Famba dinosaur thing. When that explodes, that's a miniature that's on the back of a CG dinosaur thing, which is just too much craziness. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, the grass, I have no idea. We could spend another hour trying to figure out <laughs> what is the grass. Did they, yeah, probably plate photography, I bet, of somewhere at Skywalker Ranch or something, or Ben Burt was laying on the ground taking pictures of grass, and then they gave it to... Dennis Murin or something, and he made rows and rows of digital grass. Who knows? But we do know that it is a razor in a salad bowl 
for the sound, at least. It was it was a real razor and a real salad bowl. So the next thing, the doors open, Maul appears, and the moment we've all been waiting for, the Jedi versus Sith action happens, and they end up actually going through a lot of locations, but once they kind of get into the uh, behind-the-scenes of the hangar, is the... Is that model or is that real? M O D E L model. It was all I'm saying, hundred percent model, except for majority when Maul and Kenobi have their lightning fast duel. That was a set, mostly a set. I'm saying when they're jumping around and they're doing Jedi jumps and stuff, and when they're going through and like the the red laser doors are closing and all that stuff, models. Model, model, model. I think you're probably right. Again, this I think we're getting into the the mysterious, the gray areas here where we don't really know for sure. I do remember, was it the the TV special before Phantom Menace came out? And they showed that shot where they like walk from the hangar kind of into the energy thing. And they were talking about how this was the first time they really had digital sets. But they didn't really explain if they buy digital sets, they meant compositing in the miniatures or if some of those few shots were actually completely computer generated because there's that one shot where the background's kind of blurry after Maul does the uh, battle droid helmet to open the door thing and he goes through the door and there's like one shot where the background's way blurrier than any of the other ones I always wondered if that was like a, a all CG test or something I always thought it was just being artistic. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So let, let's jump to the end. And I think this is an easy one. The the parade. Jedi ship lands. That's a model. Which, man, we don't see that ship. Where's that ship? It never came back, did it? Nope. Put that on a t-shirt. That's what I'm saying. Episode 9 could just be that ship hanging out with the crew. It's Theed, so it's bigotures. It's big models. And I do remember seeing a picture of that like the big stairway into the main palace, right? With the giant s- statues. Like that's definitely a big, big, a bigature. We're dealing with bigatures there in the parade with uh CG Cladus and Fambas and everybody walking down. It's, it's one big miniature, one big bigature. So, so what have, what have we learned here through this exciting family fun game of what's the model? What, what are we taking away? They could have called it the phantom model. Because as much as, yeah, they're making a big deal about how many digital effects shots, in Phantom Menace terms, digital effects shot really means compositing in a miniature or a model. And the majority of the film is models. And if you like movies with miniatures and models in them, I would hope you like Phantom Menace because it's the king of miniature model movies. The next time you watch The Phantom Menace, which will probably be tomorrow or something, as you do, you know, every most people watch it every weekend. That's what most people do. When you when you gather your family around and, like, look for the models. Look for the miniatures. Keep in mind, what you know, your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Don't trust the, you know, don't believe the hype of the digital effects. There's, there's a lot more crazy, old-fashioned, ILM special effects work going on in that movie than you thought. And look at the movie in a whole new way. Yeah, because in the long run, this this is maybe the last movie with that many miniatures in it. As much as Force Awakens and uh, Last Jedi 
talked about how undigital they were. There's a lot of CG effects in Force Awakens, and there were a lot of real sets, but there were also a lot of computer-generated sets and extensions and things. And I know Ryan Johnson, I think, tried to get them to do models for the ships for, for Last Jedi, and it's just they've gotten so good with CG, completely CG ships now that it's just it takes too long to make a model compared to just doing it completely in computer graphics that, yeah, we may never get a, a movie with this many models. And I think most people wouldn't think that like the last big model movie is the Phantom Menace, but it is. There was a lot of amazing work done on attack of the clones. Uh, so much of Camino and uh, like we were saying so much of Coruscant and the big arena battle and Geonosis was one big model. And, of course, in Revenge of the Sith, Mustafar was a colossal bigature. But then shortly, not too long after the end of the prequels, the, the whole model shop at ILM closed down. Yeah, who knows when we'll have something like this again. It, it's, it's great to see what's going on with the Mandalorian and kind of finding ways to do the old way and incorporating it into the, the new ways even more. We'll see. The story continues with... Models and miniatures and bigotures. Experience the spectacle. Feel the excitement. Share the fun. Take the journey. All over again. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, rated PG. Hello, uh, this is Jerome St. John Blake. Um, I played Masamida, Rune Harko, Obarancesis, and a few other guys in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And I'm standing here with Gabe from Blast Points Podcast, and uh, looking forward to my debut appearance on his show. Watch this space, and may the force be with you. Oh, thank you so much. So it's that time of month where we have got to give a shout-out to all those members of the Blast Points Army over on Patreon. We thank each and every one of you so much for supporting the show every month. It's so awesome, and we love making bonus content for you folks. So let's go through, let's thank each and every one of you folks, and let's start with Darren, Matthew, Richard, Robert, Nathan, Brittany, Ryan, Kevin, Terrence, Joseph, Steve, and Amy. Steve, Kit, Christian, Jay, Stephen, Connie, Craig, Michelle, David, Neil, Jordan, Brian, Ryan, Sean, Randy, Amy, Jay, Tom, Patrick, Tracy, David, Chris, Ian, Aiden, Matthew, Andrew, Brandon. And Dave, Anuj, Allison, Aaron, Dustin, Jeremy, Jason, Nathaniel, Robbie, Ash, Marie, Joe... John, Sam, Lawrence, Stephanie, Brandon, CW, Josh, Mario, Jonathan, Rodney, Kathy, Marissa, Eric, Amy, Todd, John, Olivia, John, Jake, Justin, Matt, Will, Jeff, Amber, Rob, Drac, Kevin, Michael, Mike, 
Sinatra, Jonathan, Jackson, Patrick, Adam, Angelo, Carrie, Katie, Paul, Khadija, Emily. We love each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Join us over there on the Blast Points Army on Patreon. Bonus episodes, good stuff. There's uh, Avengers Endgame review episode on there. We're going to have a crazy commentary coming up later this month. We got big plans for the future on the the Blast Points Patreon Army, and it's a lot of fun. Yep, and if you're a Patreon subscriber and you haven't got your sticker yet, I'm going to get those out soon. Celebration kind of messed with our brains a little bit, and we got a little behind. So hang in there. Your uh, stickers are coming. Thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. iTunes reviews, folks, you know it. When you're done listening to this episode, if you go over there, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, write a little something. We'll read it on the show, and it helps the show in some mysterious way that maybe only John Noel knows the answer to. Yeah, maybe if we ever can corner John Noel, we'll just ask him about iTunes reviews. (laughs) He probably invented them. Maybe you know someone who invented these. We don't understand how this works. Other than that, they're important. So please, yeah, if you like the show, give us a review. And after that, check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com, or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, sign up for the Blast Points Super Chill Group. It is Star Wars Celebration every day in the Blast Points Chill Group. It's always palpa time there. So sign up. Let us know what is your favorite miniature bigature model of the Phantom Menace over on the Chill Group. But that about wraps up episode number 169 here of Blast Points. We are going to be back next week with episode 170. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's an episode we've been meaning to do for a very long time. So it's going to be a good one. So, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this one. Happy Phantom Menace year. Let's keep it going. We're, we're, we're almost halfway through this thing. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
real, real, not so real, not so real, not so real, real. This is gonna be tricky. Not so real, not so real. Hopefully it'll work. Made a force, be with all.